Well, good morning. It is good to see you this morning. I know you feel the same way. What a blessing it is. I'm Dwayne Stroud. I'm the worship pastor here at Lindsay Lane. And on behalf of all of us, we want to say welcome. If you're visiting with us today, would you take a moment and fill out this Connect card and put it in the offering bucket on the way out of the church this morning after service? And uh, if you're a first-time guest, we're going to make a donation on your behalf uh, to a local partner we have in ministry. So we want to give you that opportunity to do that. And of course, if you have a prayer request, we'd love for you to put it uh, on the back of that card. Look, if you love to sing, we would love to have you in the choir. We will rehearse this Wednesday at 630 in the choir room. We would love to have you starting in August. We're going to really kick off and have this choir law filled up and have rehearsals filled up. It's going to be absolutely wonderful. But we'd love to have you uh, this Wednesday at 630. Get to know us and we'll get to know you. Let's pray together and we'll worship together this morning. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of being able to be in your presence, God. We thank you that we get to hear your word, that we get to sing, that we get to focus our heart and our mind on you. And Lord, I pray that you would bless this time. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that you will be glorified forever, that we have the privilege to glorify you. We thank you for that, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Would you stand as we sing about our awesome God? the sacrifice he made for us and the victory we have in him. Amen. Amen. The moon and stars, they went. The morning sun was dead. The Savior of the world was fallen. His body on the cross his blood poured out for us, the weight of every curse upon him. One final breath. One final breath he made as heaven looked away. The Son of God was laid in darkness, a battle in the grave, a war on death was waged, the power of hell forever broken. The ground began to shake, yes, the storm was rolled away, his perfect
chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people, and you won't become weary and give up. Amen. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest
Jesus speaks for me. Be still, my soul, redeeming Out of the dust of Calvary is rising to the throne above. There is no vengeance in his pride. While it is finished, fills the sky. Forgiveness is my final plea. The blood of Jesus speaks for me.
Well, amen and amen. My hope is built on nothing less than the blood of Jesus and His righteousness. Man, what a great privilege it is to be here this morning to worship with you. Man, I love that singing this morning. We're so glad that you're here. Again, I want to come and pray for our time of giving today as we continue to be obedient in every aspect of our lives and the area of stewardship. And we just want to pray over our offering for this morning and throughout this week as people give online and text to give. But if you want to drop your offerings off, our buckets are out in the foyers, and so you can do that as you leave if you haven't done that already. But I want to just pray that God's blessings on over our time of giving and then pray for our pastor as he comes to share with us the word this morning. So let's bow together in prayer. Father God, what a joy and privilege we have to come into your house to worship each and every week. Lord, we are so thankful that the blood of Christ speaks on our behalf before you. And because of the blood of Jesus, Lord, we've been forgiven. We've been redeemed. And Father, we have an eternal hope of heaven with you forever and ever and ever. And so, Lord, our hope is built on Jesus Christ. And, Lord, we're so grateful for all that you've done for us. And it's our privilege, Lord, to come together to worship through our singing of praises, through our study of your word together, through our giving, through hearing your message proclaimed. And so, God, we pray for our offering time this morning and throughout this week, Lord, it would be a time of worship for each and every one of us as we give back just a portion of what you've blessed us with. And God, we pray for our pastor this morning as he stands before us. Father, anoint him in the power of your Holy Spirit to speak the truth of your word to us. Give us open hearts and ears and minds to hear and understand what you want to say to us. And Father, may we be obedient in every aspect of our lives. Again, we love you and we praise you, Lord, and we thank you for the opportunity that we have to worship you this morning. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Um, I love to hear y'all sing, sing out, and he's worth it. Amen. We are continue our sermon series throughout the summer as we go through 1 John. And our sermon series is called In Real Life. The last time we looked in the Bible, we spoke about living as children of God. This week we will look at living in love. We'll actually look at it for the next couple of weeks. We often say this when studying the Bible, but what is repeated is important. And repetition doesn't mean the absence of new ideas. Repetition means the presence of fundamentals, and y'all love is fundamental. If you read 1 John all the way through, and it's only five chapters, and if you read chapters 2, 3, and 4, you are going to refine repetitively teaching about the love of God and loving one another. And if you leave today and somebody asks you, what was the message about today, or what y'all talk about today, you can tell them love. And they're probably going to be like, oh, okay, because that's typical. It's typical to associate churches and God teaching and preaching about love. And man, loving the way that God loves and loving the way that God commands is not all that easy. It's easy to talk about, and it can be difficult 
and practice. And this is why in the scriptures the idea of loving God and loving one another is repeated. The actual point of 1 John is to bring this circular letter to the church at Ephesus and all the surrounding churches and really the community that surrounds Ephesus and its purpose is evangelical as it is trying to get to those who need saving faith in Christ. But this letter also has a dual purpose of reassuring those who are Christians that what they actually have is saving faith. So 1 John is evangelical, but it's also restorative. So this letter, depending on your standing with God, is either written to get you right with God or so that you know that you are. To have saving faith is to understand and accept the love of God. And to be reassured of saving faith, the Bible's going to teach us in the next couple of weeks, is that if, if you are truly saved, you will love God and love one another. That's what teaches you that you are saved, is that you have an affection for the brethren. And I'm sure you've all heard messages like this before. I'm sure you, this is not your first sermon on love. And again, I would say to you, because it is repetitive, that it is important, so hear it again, because it is fundamental. And specifically today, hear the definition and expression of God's love as it is meant to be studied over and over and applied over and over again. Lord, we thank you for your love. May we never take it for granted. May we never sing without thought of the expression of love that you have given towards your creation. Lord, I pray today that as we hear this, we would hear it again for the first time. Lord, that it would be fresh and new as we discuss the depth of your love for us. And Lord, the responsibility of love that we have because we are in you. Oh God, teach us and challenge us, change us. Lord, if there be one that is hurting today, Lord, if there be one that is lost today, or many, would you please speak to our hearts? Draw us, Lord, and I pray that we would yield in Jesus' name. Amen. The definition of love. The Bible says God is love. <laughs> That's it. When you talk about the definition of love, the Bible says God is love. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, and we'll read today verses 7 through 10, but to start with 7 and 8 with our definition, the Bible says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. This is repeated again in verse 16. God is love. And all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them. The Bible says that love comes from God. One of the simple questions that I often ask to anybody that's visiting here or I'm getting to know here at Lindsay Lane because a lot of you have been here longer than me. You've been at this campus longer than me. So I'm meeting people for the first time or I'm trying to reacquaint myself with people. And one of the questions I ask them is, where are you from? Where are you from? I just asked it to a gentleman out in the, in the lobby. He's from Georgia originally. He was telling me about that. And, and it gives me some context about who you are based on where you are from. It's a regular question to ask. Well, if you ask love where love is from, love would tell you I'm born of God, but now I live all over. I am from God, and I live through the church. I live through those who are His. The Bible's basis for those who live and believe in Jesus to love one another 
comes from the fact that love comes from God. So church, if love comes from God, then love's got to come from you. That's what it's teaching you. Love comes from God because the foremost attribute of God is His holiness. It's out of His holiness, His perfect nature, that we get all the good things of God. We get all the good attributes and characteristics of God like righteousness and faithfulness and certainly love. And because of this, real love is not learned on the screens. It's learned in the Scriptures. And because God is holy and love comes from God, real love is not coming from our feelings. It comes from the Father. You can make no definition of love without connection to God. In fact, no definition of love makes sense without God. For the Scripture says, God is love. Now, before we define what that means, let's define what it does not mean. God is love does not mean that love is God. Now, I've read that twice this week from two different theologians, and I want you to hear it again. God is love does not mean that love is God. In other words, love is not the only characteristic of God. The Bible also says that God is spirit. God is light. God is upright. God is faithful. God is just. It says that in the Scriptures, just as it says today that God is love. God is love is not a complete version of who God is. It's not a complete revelation of God. So for anyone to say that anything goes under the banner that God is love is either short-sighted or ignorant. That's the truth. To conclude that all of who God is is that God is love is to conclude of all of exercise and what it is that exercise is fun. Well, it's also hard. That's right. It's, it also costs money. It also has health benefits. It also hurts. I'm like, this, this is the totality of what exercise is. But to just say that exercise is fun and wrap it up at that is short-sighted or ignorant. Our culture is just going to say that God is love and leave it at that. What does God is love, what does that mean in one sentence? If I can bring you this definition for just a moment, we'll unpack it. But listen, God is love means the love of God is the express characteristic of benevolence that is born of God's holiness. It is grounded in His truth, expressed through His Son, and expected of His church. One more time. God is love means the express characteristic of benevolence is born of God's holiness, grounded in truth, expressed through His Son, and expected of those who are his. Now, this is God is love in one sentence, defining what it means, but it determines so much and de it demands more attention given than just one definition. So let's, let's look really at what the love of God looks like. God is love means that love has guardrails. God is love means that love has riverbanks. It has parameters that we're not to get outside of. You see, because love is a characteristic of God and God is holy, love is not without standards. It doesn't just look like whatever and however because God is not whatever and however. Be careful of what is influencing you about what love is. I would say be careful of looking at those closest to you to give you a demonstration of what love is. And certainly be careful of looking to culture to determine what love is. I, I read the following this week. A good love song has to make them say, that's how I feel. Be careful 
what we're allowing in. Don't we do that? We get down in the dumps, what do we do? Turn, open the Bible? No, we turn on our favorite love song. It makes us feel even worse. And it's influencing how love is supposed to go. Well, again, feelings are not a good guide because feelings don't have guardrails. Y'all, you'll follow your, feeling, follow your feelings, you'll follow everywhere. You'll be like a roller coaster, up one day, down the next, riding high, living low. Feelings have no guardrails. That's why the Bible says guard your heart for it affects everything that you do. If you're trying to navigate through your marriage by feelings, well, good luck. If you're trying to, to navigate through a family situation and relationship where there's angst against one another and it's just going to go based on how you feel, well, get ready for a roller coaster of a ride because there are no standards within feelings. God's love, because it's born out of His holiness, means that it has guardrails. Once again, real love is not just whatever and however and wherever because God is not whatever and however and wherever. He is holy. We have revealed characteristics of God through the Bible and through Jesus. That's called special revelation, and we got it. Therefore, we are not without excuse, or, or we're not with excuses to give that we don't really know what it's like. You may have feelings of love. Now listen to this. You may have feelings of love that you cannot deny. But it does not mean that those feelings of love are holy love. You may love in a way that you absolutely cannot deny your feelings. But it does not mean that it is within the standards of God. It does not mean that it is within the guardrails and the riverbanks of God's word. Yes, but I've got these feelings I can't deny. Well, you better line up with God or you'll be out of line. God is love means that love has guardrails. God is love means that love is grounded in truth. Because love is expressed characteristic of God's holiness, real love is not based on fantasy. Real love is based on reality, and reality is determined by God. The reality is creation and relation are cursed by sin. Every relationship that I have that has ever had a problem finds its root in sin. That is the reality of the world that we live in. That the person that you love and are married to, the people in your family, your closest friends, they, they have a nature of sin, and that's eventually going to get in the way of a great grounded relationship. That is the reality. Now, if, if real love were based on fantasy land, every time I felt like I were being slighted or offended or my feelings would hurt, I would just skip on to the next scene and I would get somebody else to be in a relationship with me because that's what's going to work out because it always does. I'll just skip on to the next one because the next one's sure to be better than this one. Really? Is that next person's a sinner too? If God's love for us were based on fantasy, we'd be dead and separate a long time ago. If God's love for us were based on feeling, if it were based on how he, how he would feel towards us after we've broken his heart over and over and over again, we'd be gone in a matter of minutes. But God's love is not based on fantasy. It's based on truth. So it has standard. It has parameters. His love is not grounded in these things that fade away. This is why it bears all things and hopes all things and doesn't give up and believes all things. It's because it's rooted in the one true God. This is why we love to include these things in our wedding ceremonies, 1 Corinthians 13. Because it's what real love is. It's what real love that we hope for. Well, this is found in God. 
It's as simple and plain and as repetitive as it can be as we've heard this over and over, yet we continue to seek fantasy land and feelings for a love that is not promised us through those things. God's love, or God is love, means that love is available. Isn't that good to know? God's love is available. He's not keeping it from us. It's not hidden from us. We don't have to work to get it. God's love is, is based on the, that, the characteristic that God is eternal. And because God is eternal, His love is eternal. But eternity for us, y'all, has not come yet. We are still living in the here and now. Even though we are eternal beings, we have a physical presence of here and now. And because we are in the here and now, God's love is available to us in the here and now. Chapter 3, verse 1 says, See how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children. And that is what we are. But, and that means a change of direction as it's going in a different direction, but the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know Him. Remember what I said to you at the beginning about why this was written? This was written for the church and the community in Ephesus, evangelical purposes, so that they could know and believe in Him. So that they could come to saving faith. So that they could experience the love of God, which is greater than any person could give them. So that they could experience His, His, His majesty and His greatness and His righteousness and His affection even, His comfort, so that they could be in a right relationship with God. This was for the evangelical purpose of them coming to save in faith in Christ and be loved by God. And guess what? You're reading today the same letter that was read to them. What does that mean? That means God's love is available to you now just as much as it was then. That means if you need kindness, it means if you need forgiveness, it means if you need comfort and acceptance and truth, His love is still available now, see, that doesn't mean that you can just do whatever you want to do and say that God loves you, because we already covered that part. But His love and his, on His terms is still available. Which are, even, even though God's love is available, we tend to look elsewhere because we know His love is attached to dealing with our sin. And because God's love is attached to dealing with our sin, we don't want to do God's love as much as we thought, because now it's going to mess with us. It's going to ask us to change. And so we find ourselves, after knowing that God's love is going to deal with our sin and not really want to deal with that, we find ourselves looking for love in all the wrong places. It makes my wife really nervous when I sing. She's in the children's building today, so we'll just sing some more. But this is not just an 80s country song. This is the definitive statement of our culture. Knowing, knowing that God's love is available and everlasting and built on truth and never gives up, never loses hope, we still look for love in all kinds of different places. Listen to this, because this will help y'all for real. This helped me. I, 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 hey, teenagers, I want you to hear me right now. College kids, people that are single, not married. Are you looking to be married again? If you're lonely... If you're here today for the first time, you're looking for community or you're from out of town and y'all don't know anybody, let, let me tell you this. I really believe it's going to help you. If you are looking for love, don't just seek relationships. Seek evidences of God's love in those relationships. 
Don't just swipe and be attracted and all of a sudden, because of the feelings that y'all feel, all of a sudden now you're in a love relationship. It may be feelings of love, but not still have God's holy standards of love. Seek evidences of God's love in relationships. And not the, not the kind of love that talks about it, the kind of love that be about it. If you are looking for community, looking for love in community, don't just seek community. Seek evidences of God's love in that community. Y'all, there's community in gangs. Seriously, there are still gangs. It wasn't just an 80s and 90s thing. There are gang affiliations. You see gang uh, wars. You see violence out of gangs. Uh, we've seen it in recent weeks on the news. Like, but but you, we're taught this, even in knowing this, that there are people that would rather be loyal to their gang because they get more love from the gang than they do from their family. That still doesn't mean, though, that that community is built on evidences of God's love. If you're looking for relationships, look for evidences of God's love in those relationships. Because if God's love is not in your relationship and God's love is not in your community, you'll be looking for love again. We were at the beach this past week. We were riding go-karts. You got to go to the beach, you got to ride go-karts. Am I right? I mean, what? That's fun. And... Uh, you know, we, we get out there to the go-kart track. It's, it's, uh, it's my family, my sister's family, and uh, my kids, nieces and nephews. And, like, I'm explaining to, to, some, of, uh, I'm explaining to some of them, like, this is the sign that says the, the gas pedal that's green goes. And this one over here that you don't need to pay attention to at all is the red. It means stop and break. Don't even worry about that. Just put her to the metal, right? So we, we are, are about to ride go-karts. We, we get up to the, uh, to the booth there. And the, the lady behind the counter is helping us figure all this out because there's three different go-kart tracks at the same place. And we're trying to figure out which one it is that my daughter and my niece can ride with me and my brother-in-law. Like, we, we're going to have to tandem and ride with them because they're not old enough yet. And we're still trying to figure out which one is which. And finally, the lady behind the counter looks at me and she says something like this. This is the ride that you want to pay for if you want your daughter to go with you. This is it. This is the only one in which she can ride with you. This is the option. The only option. Is means definitive. This is it. Well, the Bible says God is love. If God is love and love comes from God, it's a frustrating search to feel truly loved apart from God. And yet we throw our lives trying to find many different ways to be loved and feel loved when God behind the counter says this is it. This is the only way. This is your fulfillment. This is your forgiveness. This is your right standing with a holy God who will love you always. This is it. And y'all, there's some of us that have heard that all our life and we say amen, we go out here, we back on social media looking for love again. That's fine, I get that, but it needs to start with who you are in Christ. Because when you are rooted in the love of God, when somebody else don't love you like they should, you still got him. God is love means that love is available. Man, turn from your sin and turn to God and put your pride down and try God on. God is love means that love is eternal. It never ceases. God's love never ceases. Psalm 90 verse 2 says, From the beginning to end you are God. And as God is eternal, so as God's love is eternal, so is His love for the world. 
many of us have trust issues because we have love issues. What was supposed to endure is quit. And what wasn't supposed to change is now changed. So now we've got issues of love based on the experiences that we have, and it's had an effect on us. Did you know that a Spotify playlist titled Sad Love Songs for Crying Yourself to Sleep? Seriously. Some of you may be on it. (laughs) Sad Love Songs for Crying Yourself to Sleep. Do you know that it has over 35,000 followers? 35,000 followers that are crying themselves to sleep looking for love. Let me give you a reason to worship today. While we were at the Gulf Coast, we were out there on the sand, the water, and those waves never stop. Never stop. Double red flag or green flag. They just kept rolling in, kept going out, kept rolling in, kept going out. Sunshine or rain? Kept coming in, kept going out. Kept going in, kept coming out. Whether conditions were favorable or not, whether the people around them were moving or not, where things were going good or not, it was a constant. Now listen to Psalm 136.6. Give thanks to him who placed the earth among the waters. His faithful love endures forever. Now if you read Psalm 136, you're going to read 26 times repetitively the statement, His faithful love endures forever, and His creation is the illustration to prove it. The next time you put those toes in the sand and look at that ocean, and it goes out and comes back in, and it's constant the whole entire time, you know that that's a picture of God's enduring love that lasts forever. It's a message from creation to get your attention. That while other love in your life may have stopped, I will not. If you have a history of sin, but a desire to be saved, God's love's not expired. You may be listening online, or you may be here today, and you thought to yourself, I want to be saved, but I know in order for me to be saved, I have to deal with my sin, and I don't want to because it's too bad. Well, God's love is definitely stronger, and it's not expired. If you're a believer, if you're a believer, if you are a follower of Jesus, you have trusted the Lord to deal with your salvation, your last slip of sin, your last bad decision, God didn't change his mind about you just because of that. He didn't throw you out, cast you aside. He didn't break up with you. I heard a pastor powerfully proclaim from his pulpit recently, God will never divorce you. There is no timetable or temporary issuance or expiration date on the love of God. Go to him. Go back to him. Make no mistake, though, even as I say that, time is real to God as it relates to man. I'm telling you these things today and every day that I get to stand before you because time is running out. Before it's too late... Turn from your sin and turn to God. We have this physical life that will one day end, and it's appointed unto man once to die, die, and then the judgment. We will stand before God. So before it's too late, and before you miss out on the love of God in your life, as you experience his presence and his forgiveness, turn from your sin and turn to God, knowing that he's made a way for you. That is the definition of love. God is love. 
Now, this is the expression. God shows love. God is love, so he loves. Did y'all hear that? God is love, so he loves. Because love expresses. My wife and I just celebrated our 14th wedding anniversary. We just had 14 years of marriage together. And the truth is, y'all, the truth is, because of God's truth and grace over our marriage, we're still married. I don't want to pretend and stand up here like, if y'all want to see what it's like to live in a perfect Christian home, skip on over to our house. That'd be craziness. I mean, we, we are seeking God and trying to raise a family up in the Lord, but we need the grace and truth of God. And the reason that we are together now is because of who he is over us. That is the truth. And so we've been together 14 years. And of those 14 years of marriage, many times we've created like this pact that based on special days or times based on our anniversary or Christmas time, we've made a pact like, all right, we're not going to uh, spend any money on each other this time. We're not going to get each other gifts. We're not going to do any of that. We're, we're just going to be together and put the money somewhere else. And almost every time, one of us ends up breaking that pact and buying something for the other one. And the reason is, is because love expresses itself. Because God is love, he loves. Now, that said, in order for God to express his love, let me just pray for us to take us the rest of the way. Lord, we need to hear from you deeply. Would you take us the rest of the way as we understand how you've expressed your love for us in Jesus' name? Amen. In order for God to express his love towards a relationship with his creation, he had to do so without compromising his holiness. God wanted to and did express himself and his love and his benevolence towards us in a way that did not give up his character. Sin stands between the life of man and the love of God. Did you know that's how important and that's how deep sin is? It stands between your life and the love of God. It separates us from God. That's what the Bible says. From the love of God, we are separate in our sin. Therefore, for people like me and you to have a right relationship with God where we love Him and He loves us, there had to be a made way for us to have a relationship with Him that only God Himself could accomplish. But it was not for our desire that God was moved to love us. Meaning, it was not our desire to be loved by God and for us to love God that moved the heart of God to love us back. Most of the world doesn't believe God or is apathetic or indifferent to God to begin with. And so it was not based on our desire to know and believe and follow God that God loves. The Bible is going to tell you in just a minute that it was God's desire for us. His own glorious desire to love is where love came from. The scripture says in 1 John chapter 4 verses 9 and 10, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. Did y'all hear that? We might have it. We might have eternal life because not everyone will believe the gospel. Not everyone will believe the good news. They will reject God and His love. And so God shows how much He loves us by sending His one and only Son, by giving of Himself. And then the Bible says this, listen, this is real love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. Why would God do that? Why would God give of himself and send his son to live a real life in this place and to die a suffering death 
and to go through the grave and raise from the grave. Because it was the only way. It was the only way for us to be right with God. In order for Him to do this and express His love without giving up His character, His anger for sin had to be satisfied. So He covered it through the blood of Jesus Christ. This is our atonement. This is a big deal. This is why we come back every Sunday, why we come back during the week to hear it, why we stand up and sing, because our sin before God that would separate us and send us to hell was covered by God Himself. Jesus is our pardon. Jesus is our atonement. He is our covering. And that's why he's the way to God and the way to eternal life. And why when you come in here and you're thinking about needing love for you, we tell you about Jesus because he is the special revelation of God, the way to God so that you can be loved in the way that God would have you to be. And the Bible says this is real love. And some of us need to hear that today. This is real love. If the scripture says that this is real love, that means real love doesn't come from the movies. It comes from the master. This is where real love comes from. Y'all, God's love is sacrificial. It's tough. It's enduring. If you're looking to get married or you got in a marriage just now and you're about to be married for 50 years, let me tell you something. You better toughen up. Somebody say amen to that. You better get tough. That's what that means. I don't pull any punches when I sit down with a, mar- a couple that's about to get married. Because real love is rooted in the truth. You're in a world that is riddled by sin. And you you're, are marrying yourself to an imperfect person, a flawed person that needs the grace and mercy of God just like you do. So if you're going to get married, you better toughen up. If you're going to be in a business partnership for years and years, you better get tough. If you're going to be in a family that stays together and represents the good news, you, you better get tough because there's going to be times where you're not going to feel like it. But y'all, can I tell you one other thing today while I'm just rolling on the subject? Some of you are making the other one be too tough. You're wearing them out. They've been tougher as long as they can. And it's time for you to quit. A marriage is a union of two forgivers. That's what Ruth Bell Graham said. You know what marriage is? Marriage is also a union of two losers. Learn to lose your battles. Learn to lose so the other one might advance. You've been wearing on them long enough. Now it's time to stop it. I just need to say that this morning. You need to quit. Don't tell yourself that you are loving them. You're not. Is that the love of God where you would abuse them mentally, physically, spiritually? You would manipulate them that way? That's not the love of God. That's just how you feel. And that's enough of it. And then they come in here to talk to us because you won't line up with the Word of God. Why don't you line up with the Word of God? Stop lying to yourself. It may mean that you have to lay down your heirs and become vulnerable for the truth. Man, talk about real love and sing love songs and all this kind of stuff. God's love is not expressed in a love you back scenario. Did you know that? God's desire for us. God loved and sent his son Jesus to die for people that would spit on his name. God's love was directed at people that would believe in another God outside of Him. That's what real love is. It loves even if it don't get love back. Real love is is based on the truth and holiness of God and His desire to love creation and love others. That ain't based on how He's feeling. It's not void of emotion, but it's not grounded in emotion. It's reasoned out. It's purposed in truth. 
And it's extended towards those who wouldn't even receive it. So next week, when we start talking about loving one another, know this week that the next time you want to talk about how you feel and you want to talk about your happiness, love is not about as much about how you are loved as much as it is how you love. Now, the first service didn't hear that either. I want you to hear it because this is the truth of God's word. Love is not so much about how you are loved, but more about how you love. I'm thankful for the examples. Listen, I'm speaking to where you are right now. I'm not trying to go back and dig up your past. Your future spotless. Not trying to go back and dig up all the things that got you to where you are now. I'm not trying to do any of that, but this is what I'm going to tell you. I'm thankful for the examples I had in my life of true love. And it wasn't butterflies and kisses. It was toughness and endurance. Somebody. Are you thankful for those examples? Hey, that's godly kind of love. Let's be that. And all the teenagers are here going, is this what marriage is like? Let me tell you something. I love my wife. I'm too affectionate towards her. I love her affectionately. She she says if 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 I could, I mean, like if I'd, I'd live right beside her all the time. And people are like, well, the affection stuff goes away. Who says? Like, it, it changes. It don't have to work on it. Gosh, man, what are we passing on to the next generation? Work on it. Man, it's two people trying to do one thing. And this message is not just about marriage, but it represents a covenant relationship before God. So get tough. If there's a word to millennials today that sometimes don't even have a biblical reason to separate, the reason, the the word to millennials today is you better guard up and get ready to fight for the one you love. Because real love, real love never gives up. Real love always endures. That's what the Bible says. This is the things we quote at the beginning of our marriage. Yeah, well, I'm not getting that. Just know, and this is not counseling, just know that real love is more about how you love than how you are loved. And I say that with fear and trembling. Listen, don't let the love of God be lost on you today. Don't seek a lesser God. Don't don't seek a lesser person or feeling when God has given you everything of himself that is the truth for his glory yes but for your good don't give up on the love of God don't think that times run out on the love of God if you're in sin your sin stands between you and God confess and forsake your sin and turn to God so that you may experience times of refreshment that's what the Bible says let your love and the relationship you have with God be refreshed But if you're in sin and remain in sin and it's never been personal to you, let me tell you today, time is running out. His love is not demonstrated for you just so that you can know it up here. His love is demonstrated to you so that you can have it in here and to live it out with your hands and your feet. Let's stand our feet. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. 
This is just a time of response. Y'all, this altar is open for you. You may think that it's just a set of steps, but it's not. It's a place where we can kneel before the Lord. And we have people here that want to listen to you, want to help you. So there's a way forward if you'll take it. You can move now. We'll be ready to, to greet you. You can pass right on by us and pray at the altar without us. Just know that God's love is available. It's eternal available. But know also that it's grounded in truth and it has guardrails. And so there's times where we need to repent of our sin and turn to God and experience those times of refreshment. If you need to be saved today, come on. If you need to join this community where the presence of love lives, come on. Lord, we put ourselves before you. I pray, oh God, that your spirit would guide us into all truth even now as we teach the Bible. Lord, and I pray that we would respond. I know, God, that you're working. I pray that we would yield. Oh, Lord. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his body that was broken, his blood that was shed, so that we can experience forgiveness, so that we can stand up and walk with confidence that we are right with you, oh God. I pray, oh Lord, that in our relationships, I pray over our church, you would lead us away from unhealthy relationships and lead us towards healthy ones. Lord, I pray that if we're in a relationship that is wearing us out, God, that we would love like you love to the point. I don't even know how to finish that sentence. God, we would just represent your enduring love. Lord, I pray that as we go to this invitation now, God, we would move in our hearts. Lord, if the altar is our pew, that it would be that. Lord, if if we need to come to this altar to put ourselves before you. Lord Jesus, work in our hearts now. In Jesus' name, amen. The altar's open for you. In the secret place Where I see your face Will you take me there again? You can search my heart In the deepest part From beginning to the end
just like Jericho. Come and tear down my walls. And I am in your hands. You are the promised land. You are the king of my heart. as we prepare our hearts to take the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is a simple meal with an incredible purpose. And God gives it to us for the purpose of remembering and proclaiming. If this is your first time taking the Lord's Supper, you are likely hearing the snap, crackle, pops all across the auditorium. As uh, we are still... Uh, taking it this way for the sake of the times. But we will all take this bread together and the juice together at the end of the mini message. And Notice that the top layer will peel away giving you the bread, the bottom layer will peel away to give you the juice. And Again, we hope to, as we make changes to uh, 
to our church in the years to come. We hope to go back to the old way of doing the Lord's Supper. Um, but I'm reminded a lot about what God taught me through the last year or so, that if I give it back to you, what will you do with it? You know, there was a time where we went for a long period of time where we were not able to remember and proclaim together. So I thank the Lord that we're able to, no matter what we do. There's two special ordinances given to believers in Scripture that we should do, and those things are believers' baptism and then Holy Communion or the Lord's Supper. And as I said before, the Lord's Supper, Supper is very simple, but it's an incredible purpose behind it. And God's Word leads disciples of Jesus to often take the bread and the juice for the purpose of remembering and proclaiming. When we receive the bread, we remember the body that was broken for us. And when we receive the juice, we remember the blood of Christ that was poured out as an offering for our sin. And the blood's important to remember that it's sacrificial, yes, but it's also important to remember that its blood will last. The blood of Jesus lasts. It's not a sacrifice for sin. It is the sacrifice for sin. And John the Baptist said of Jesus, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So remember with reverence today that if you are in Christ, your sin has been removed because of the Lamb of God. Yes, the Lord's Supper is also about proclaiming. It's truly a living witness that we believe that Jesus has died on the cross for our sins and that he will come again. The Bible says, for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. And so because there's an incredible purpose behind this meal, the Bible gives a level of seriousness that's to be associated with it. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight instructs us to examine ourselves before eating the bread and drinking the cup. To examine ourselves before we remember and proclaim that Jesus is Lord over our life. So before we begin, let's take just a moment where we are quiet before God, praying individually to prepare our heart to take the Lord's Supper. take the bread in hand. The Bible says in Luke twenty-two nineteen, he took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. And then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. As you are preparing to take the juice, the Bible says in verse 20 of the same chapter. After supper, he took another cup of wine and he said, This is the cup of the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. Lord, we're thankful. May we never take it for granted. the expression of your love through giving of your son to die a sacrificial death for us that did not compromise your character but made a way for us to be forgiven to have eternal life we acknowledge you through this in Jesus name
Amen. Before we're dismissed, our Connections Pastor Greg's going to come and give us some announcements. Thank you, Pastor. It's been a great day in the house of the Lord. Everybody say amen. Pastor, I thank you for that timely word from you to t- today. It stomped my wife's toes off. <laughs> oh, maybe I should have prayed about that before I said it. I'm now getting the look. God is love. It's not, it's not your emotions. <laughs> I'll pay for that later. Okay. Uh, a couple of reminders before we leave today. Next Sunday will look a little bit different. We will have only one service. Going back to one service, our 9 o'clock time will be reserved for our small groups. And we'll have one service time at 1030. Uh, we also have a Serve 256 mission project, local mission project. We will be down at Tanner High School doing a lot of uh, things to spruce up their campus. If you are interested in that or have the time to give uh, to serve in that way, please send Rhonda Martin. An email, you can find her contact information in your bulletin. Um, on your way out, while you're dropping your Connect cards or your offerings off in the white bucket, drop your trash off in the trash cans. Uh, on your way out, your little cups, if you will, help our maintenance crew out. And lastly, tonight is our fireworks and food trucks event up in Elkmont. It's going to be a great night of fellowship and outreach. Uh, pre- please bring some lawn chairs. Uh, that event starts at 5 p.m. Fireworks will be about 9 Everything at that event is free of charge except for the food truck. So if you plan to eat uh, there tonight, you might want to bring some money or some spare change to grab some Kona ice or something of that nature. But it's going to be a great night of outreach and fellowship, and we hope to see you there. Let's pray, and we'll be dismissed. Father God, we thank you again that we could be in your house today. God, we do thank you for your uh, word through your messenger this morning. Lord, thank you for the challenge for us as uh, we remember that you are love, God, and that we uh, can uh, convey the same things to our community community and our neighborhood. Lord, we thank you for the time of remembrance at the end of our service today, God, where we we remember the price that's been paid for our redemption, our reconciliation, our restoration, our deliverance, God. And uh, Father, may we not only remember that in this place, but again, Father, we pray that we'll uh, think about those things and remember those things as we go. And we pray these things in Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen.